You're listening to a sermon preached at First Baptist Church in Farwell, Texas. We are committed to loving God, loving people, and going into the world to share the gospel. We pray you find this message both challenging and encouraging. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. I've been asked by... Um, a few people, uh, some of our youth, by, uh, some others in our church. Uh, when are we going to get back to John? And we're going to get there, but, but I feel like we need one more week uh, before we get back. And, and don't hold me to that, because next week I might come back and say we need another week. Uh, and so uh, just, uh, just uh, bear with me. We will, we will get back into that wonderful gospel account of the book of John. This morning, I want to talk to you about three reasons why we can have overflowing, abundant hope in 2019. I don't know. I'm just curious. Let's let's just do a poll. Um, uh, how, How many of you in 2018 received news that you were not expecting January 1 of 2018. Somewhere within the 12 months of 2018, how many of you received news that you were not expecting? Keep your hand up. Just keep it it up for a second. If you look around the auditorium, it's almost every single person in here. What about 2017? If you used to go back to 2017, January 1, or no, December 31st, 2017, how many of you received news that you were not expecting on January 1 of 2017. Anybody? All right. All right, listen. Almost every single one of us, every single year, on January 1, have no idea that news is coming our way that we did not want to hear about. Every single year, Great things happen. Every year. There will be graduations this year. There will be babies born this year. There will be friends made. There will be marriages this year. And every single one of those we can celebrate. But there will also be some difficult times this year. There will be news if God allows us to live from now until December 31st of 2019 and we're celebrating 2020 and that's going to be one big party. But God allows that. Listen, we will, statistically speaking, almost 100% of the people in this room, we will at some point within the year hear new. News will come our way that we were not expecting that can pull us down. That can cause us to lose hope if that's where our focus is at. And I'm telling you, based on the Word of God, no matter what happens between now and when Jesus comes back or between now and when God calls us home, no matter what happens in that intermediate time, we can live with hope. There's multiple reasons why, but I'm going to share three out of the Bible. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I love the Apostle Paul. Um, 
about five or six times in, in, in the book of Romans alone. He does this in several of his books, but just in the book of Romans alone, he, he's, in, he's in the middle of his letter, and he writes a phrase that sounds a whole lot like he's ending it. Um, it's, it's a whole lot like the preacher saying, uh, last point, or, or this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish with this. And, and, and I would never intentionally, intentionally say that and not really be finishing. The Apostle Paul is writing here, and this sounds like he is right finishing up his letter, but he's, he's actually not. Look with me, Romans chapter 15. Listen to this, what he says. Verse 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. And, I'm just going to, I'm going to read it the way that, if you was to take that and out and just, just put the sentence in there, and, or may the God of hope fill you with all peace, all joy, as you believe. Why? So that you may, watch this, overflow. Some of your translations might use the word abound or abundant. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and with all peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, will you speak to us by your word and God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will you do what only you can do. Shape us, God. Mold us. God, may we find truth and confidence and hope in your word this morning. It's in your son's precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Before I get into the three ways of how we can have hope for the rest of our days, I want you to notice, I want you to, I want to highlight three specific things here in our text. The first is the exclusivity of, that's found in our text. Notice the exclusivity. The first is this. Hope comes from God alone. It's exclusive. True hope can only come from God. Please do not miss that. There is nothing else in this world that can give us true joy, true peace, and overflowing hope. Nothing. Only God. It is exclusive to God. Look with me. May the God of hope. There's the exclusivity. May the God of hope. God is the God of hope. Think about it. Where do most people place their hope? They place it in their friends. When their friends are true. When their family is faithful. That, that, that makes them feel like they have a lot of hope. When, when their family acts like family, if you will. When the, when the body is, is full of health. We, we find hope there. Because often when we get a call or we talk to the doctor and the doctor gives us bad news, sometimes it can, it can drain us of our hope. And so we're, we're placing our hope in 
the body in a healthy body. Sometimes we place our hope in our business or our job if it's profitable, if it is uh, taking care of our family. But listen, those are, hear me, lovingly, I want to say this with all the love in my heart, those are horrible places for us to place our hope in. Our friends, our family, our health, our jobs. Listen, I have lived long enough to know that friends will frustrate you. Family will forget you. The body will fail you. And companies will fire you. Right? Friends will fail you. Family will forget you. The body will fail you and companies will fire you. Those are horrible places, but oftentimes that's where we find hope. Not, not, not even to say, listen, not even to say of the other things that are even less important than these, like maybe a new phone or a new car or a new house or a vacation. How many have ever gone on vacation? You have it planned out perfectly how awesome this vacation is going to go, and you come back and you're like, that's it? Anybody else? One of the worst vacations that we ever went on as a family. It, we laugh about it today. That's how bad it was. I mean, when we talk to the boys and, and we talk about some vacations that we've been on, this one always comes up, not because of the great experience we had, but because of how bad it was. I remember as a little boy going to a lake in Dallas. And we, my, me and my dad used to catch fish there all the time. And I, I remember taking the boys to the, to the academy and to Walmart. We bought all kinds of fish and tackle. We bought stuff to, to catch all these great fish that we were going to catch. And we went to that lake, and, and, and we, we were, man, pl the plan was to have a great time. We froze to death, and we caught no fish. I even found a place where you pay to go in and catch fish. And even there, after we paid, we still didn't catch any fish. It was, hor it was a horrible weekend. But today, we laugh about it. Listen, all of those things are horrible places for us to place our hope. May, the God of hope. Listen, God is the God of hope. Listen, hope can only be received and enjoyed by those who believe in Jesus Christ. That's the second part of the exclusivity. Notice, hope only comes from God, and hope can only really be enjoyed by those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Look again at the text. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope, there's the exclusivity of who gives it, fill you with all joy and peace. And watch the exclusivity of who can receive it. We see the exclusivity of who gives it. Now watch who can receive it. As you believe, hope can only be received and enjoyed by those who believe in Christ Jesus. It's exclusive to believers only. Jesus Christ came to break the bonds of Satan. Jesus Christ came to serve and not be served. If you think back over the last four weeks of what we've been looking at of why Jesus Christ came, 
Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus Christ came to bring honor and glory to God. But what good? Think of those four aspects. What good is Jesus? What good is the reasons why He came if we never receive Him as our Lord and Savior? Listen, you must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must believe to, to receive the joy, to be able to live in the joy and the hope that God has for us. You must believe that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the only one who has the ability to wash away your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Listen, hope that the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is praying for us and that God gives us is exclusive only to believers. We can know all the reasons why Jesus Christ came. But listen, if you never receive Him as your Lord and Savior, you are missing out on one of the greatest joys. And that is having the hope of eternity with Him. Listen, not, not only is it the exclusivity of who gives it and who receives it, but notice this. Notice the measure or the amount. Look at this. I love this. Notice the measure. Filled with joy. May the God of hope fill you with joy. May the God of hope fill you with peace. Listen, not, he's not just giving us a little bit today. And then if we do enough works, we get more. No, 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 listen. When you become a follower, of a, Christ, a follower of Christ, when you become a believer, listen, you are filled, filled with joy, filled with peace, so that, here's the measure, watch this, I love this, overflow with hope. Overflow with hope. I don't know if you've rented a car lately, but every once in a while I have an opportunity to rent a car. I'm traveling for, for a conference or for a meeting. And, and how many of you, when you rent a car, you go to the counter and they say, if you fill it up, that's great, but if you bring it back half full, we will fill it up, and it will cost you $27 per gallon, right? I mean, it's a little, but, but they, they tell you it's, it's, it's a lot if they fill it up. But you can fill it up to full and and. And, and you just pay the regular prices. I made the mistake one time. I was in a hurry to get back to the airport, and I totally forgot to fill it up. And it cost an arm and a leg for them to fill the car up. A little bitty car, but it still costs a lot. Listen, when I rent a car and I fill it up, there is a difference between filling up a rental car and filling up a car you own. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, when you fill up a rental car, you leave the, I'm just telling you, this will help you out. This will save you some money. When you, like, you fill up your car, right? You can, you can drive 150 miles and it never move off a full. You don't do that when you rent a car. Listen, you just get it to the F, just to the right side of the F. You don't go all the way to the, to the, to the left side. Listen, you just go to the right side of the F. You leave the car running and you fill it up. And as soon as it touches any part of the F, you stop pumping if you're close to the airport. Can I tell you, you are not a rental child of God? Hear me. You're not a rental child of God. God is not just going to get you just a little bit to get by. God wants to. You are owned by God. 
And he wants not to give you a little. He wants to fill you to overflowing. I mean, I, don't, I mean, it's like, have you ever been pumping gas and it gets to 34.97? You can't stop, right? One more click. And it's 35.02. What do you do? You shake the car. You get it to 36, even if some overflows out, right? That's God. Oh, don't miss the measure of this. Filled with joy, filled with peace, overflowing with hope. That's God's desire for us. Oh, may we learn to live there. The third thing I want you to notice about this text is notice where the power comes from. Where the power comes from. Look, look at it again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope. Watch this. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, praise God. Overflowing hope is not dependent on my abilities. I would be a mess if God said, I want you to overflow with hope for the rest of your time here, and I want you to, to empower that. I'm, I'm messed up. There's no way. I don't have that within me. Listen, God did not intend for us to work that up in and of ourselves. The power comes from the Holy Spirit. The same power that spoke the world into existence is the same power. Oh, don't miss this. The same power that, that God just breathed and the world came into existence. The same power that God said, let there be light, is the same power that will empower you to have overflowing hope. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same power, no matter what you are going through, no matter what news comes your way, good, bad, or indifferent, you can have hope every single day when you wake up. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by what your schedule is that day, that you can have hope. No matter what happens, you, as a child of God, can have hope. Paul calls the God of hope. Paul calls God, I'm sorry, the God of hope. And he prays that we would overflow. Abound. Think about that. The Apostle Paul being inspired by the Holy Spirit, meaning this, it is God's desire that we abound, overflow in hope. I want to give you now just three biblical reasons that you can overflow in hope in 2019. Write these down. Number one, God will be true to His character. The number one reason you can have overflowing hope, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is that God will be true to His character. Think about it. No matter what news comes your way, what if you was to back up and just, just spend a little time looking in the rearview mirror of 2018, look back and say, man, what if I knew that God would have stayed true to His character the moment I received news that I was not expecting? How would that have changed my outlook on that news? A.W. Pink and his incredible book called The Attributes of God, says that there are 19, you could sum up all of the attributes of God in 19 
attributes. I want to encourage you, as you read your Bible, whether that's digitally or paper format, however you read it, grab a highlighter and highlight as you can see it clearly throughout the Psalms, but all throughout the Scripture, you can see the attributes, the character of God. Highlight those. Separate that from other things that you read because there are moments that you will need to be reminded when news comes your way, you will need to be reminded of the attributes of the character of God. Listen, God will be true to His character. No matter what happens this year, God will be loving. No matter what happens this year, God will be merciful. God will be holy. God will be good. God will be faithful. God will be just. He will be wise. He will be sovereign over all things. Listen, God will be true to His character. And because of that, we can have hope every moment of every day in a world where everything is unpredictable, unreliable, and inconsistent. Listen, God will be true to His character. Oh, and that should bring us incredible hope. The second reason why we can overflow with hope is that God will be faithful to His Word. God will be faithful to His Word. Listen, none of us are promised that life will be safe. None of us are promised that life will be fair, that it will be easy. Yet, even a quick survey of the book of Romans. I'm going to read just a couple of scriptures here, but it's all throughout the book of Romans. Listen, we can be reminded through these scriptures that we have far better promises than, the, than what the world tries to promise us. Let me read a couple of these texts to you. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Oh, watch this. This is so powerful. How much more then, since we have been declared righteous by His blood, will we be saved through Him from the wrath? What a beautiful promise. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. For sin will not rule over you. Listen to that promise. Sin cannot, as a child of God, rule over you. We have been set free from the bondage of sin. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says this, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Two beautiful promises there. We, we did not receive a spirit of slavery. And we have the ability to cry out to God our Father, Daddy, raise our hands up to Him, Abba, Daddy, Father. Here's another one, Romans chapter 8, verse 18, beautiful promise. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Many of you raised your hand that you received news in 2018 that you were not expecting. I don't know if that was good or bad, but I'm telling you, for those that it was bad, listen to this text. For I consider the sufferings of this present time can't even be compared with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. You can't even compare the two. That's the hope that a day is coming 
when you and I will be able to feast at the table of God. In all things, everything that sin has ushered into this world that we have had to live through, that we have had to experience in our flesh, all of that will be wiped away and we will be seated at the table of God. God, be faithful to his word. God's Word in 2016, in July of 2016, I received news that was the hardest news I have ever received in my life. Prior to and since then. The hardest thing that I've ever had to face. And if it wasn't for God's word, I would be destroyed. I would not be able to stand up here before you. God's word has saved my ministry. God's word has saved my marriage. It has saved my sanity. It has saved my life. You might ask, why, Russ, why are you a student of God's word? Listen. I am a student of God's Word because God will be faithful to His Word. And it gives me overflowing hope knowing that I live in an unfaithful world, but I live for a faithful God. God will be faithful to His Word. Listen, Jesus says that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word every word comes from the mouth of God. May we know in good times and in bad, God will be faithful to His Word. I'm telling you, you can have hope knowing that God will be faithful to His Word. The third thing I want you to notice is that God will be constant in His mercy. God will be constant in His mercy. There's not one detail of your life in this coming year that God will not be ultimately aware of. I'm sorry, intimately aware of. Not one thing. That no news will come your way. That God is not completely, intimately knowledgeable of. He will always be there to hear you cry. He will be there to bear your burdens. He will be there to give you everything you need. And the mercy of Christ is your hope for your salvation. The mercy of Christ is the hope for your marriage. The mercy of Christ is the hope for your children. The mercy of Christ is the hope for every facet of your life. Notice the reversal. Instead of placing our hope in family and friends and in careers and things, we place our hope and the only one who can give it, and that is in God. Hope only comes from God. It is exclusive to God and God alone to give. And it is also exclusive to be received by followers of Christ. Let me ask you, are you here this morning? You've never given your life to Christ. Listen, if God doesn't come back for the next year, 
you will live through the same days that I lived through. What will be your hope? An always changing, unfaithful world or an unchanging, faithful God? Jesus Christ came to save you and to set you free and to give you hope. Will you allow him to do that? Receive him as your Lord and Savior this morning. Thank you for listening to this sermon. If you'd like more information about our church or have any questions regarding the sermon you just heard, we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website at www.fbcfarwell.org or send an email to info at fbcfarwell.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching FBC Farwell. It is our prayer that the sermon you listened to was equally challenging and edifying to your walk with Christ. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed week.